Broadcasting live from the offices of policebackground.net. This is the Police Applicant Podcast with your host, Ken Royball. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Police Applicant Podcast, episode 20. This is a very big deal. This episode is not only is it 20, Christine, how are you today? I'm not 20. <laughs> Christine's not 20. This is episode 20. Episode and, uh, 20. We've got some, before we introduce our guests, we have some amazing stuff. That's go- This is just an amazing day uh, because we have some, some good stuff going on. The first thing I want to say is I am so excited uh, that this is uh, Christine's last episode. So great. <laughs> You're excited that it's my last uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, <laughs> let me, let me, let me uh, tell you guys what's going on. I know, uh, I know, I know what you meant. <laughs> As you guys I know, think. Christine is, uh, she's the reason she's on here and why she's such a great co-host is that she's a police applicant just like you guys. And so she gives me feedback and we bounce stuff off each other, questions and things like that. So this whole time, I knew this day would come. And uh, for all of our listeners, I'd like you to join me in congratulating Christine. She got hired by a department, and she starts the Academy tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> tomorrow. So I'm. it hasn't necessarily hit me yet, but I know that like I should schedule on my... Uh, I should schedule on my list of things to do today to have a panic attack. So <laughs> panic attacks are good. That'll uh, happen so, at some point tonight. So that's what's going on, and we uh, we have uh, a new co-host. I'm not going to announce the co-host until we get to that one, but that'll be uh, in a couple of weeks. But we have my a co-host. replacement. <laughs> the replacement. Can anybody replace Christine? Can it? Can well, anybody? no, but no, I'm I kidding. Watch, so. watch, watch, watch them be better than me. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll have that announcement when the next uh, podcast comes up. Plus, I just want to mention real quick that um, I took a poll and uh, I was wondering, you know, because the podcast is not free. It, it costs us money. And so we've been pumping out these episodes, 20 episodes so far, and uh, but it's not free. And so what I did was I set up a, a system where people can donate to the podcast to support us either monthly or on a one-time uh, donation basis. So uh, if you look in the show notes, um, I'll have the links to the, to you being able to donate to us um, on that. And we really, in advance, we thank you. Uh, we love doing this for you. And uh, we're looking forward to more episodes. So for this episode, this is a, so cool because our guest is Jen. Jen is a police officer uh, in a Southern California agency. And uh, the reason she's on here today is because she graduated from the academy uh, recently, and re- recently, I mean, a few months ago. So she's she's still in the field. But we're going to talk about Jen's academy experience and maybe a little bit uh, about um, uh, what it's like to go out there in the beginning. We're not going to get too in-depth because... Uh, because uh, uh, we don't want to. We don't want to share too much information, other than what the focus today is on the academy experience. So, Jen, welcome to the show. And I just, I just, uh, go, go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. I'm all excited. I'm like, ah! <laughs> and then I had to, I had to hold my, my screaming. But anyways, first off, I want to congratulate Christine. I don't know. I'm. 
As soon as she, as soon as I heard she was starting tomorrow, I was like happy, and then I started getting nervous for her. Like I started getting (laughs) my head started sweating, and I was just thinking about that black Monday. I don't need to hear this negativity right now. Oh my god, I'm so excited and scared for you. But overall, you will. So that's that's how I want. That's what I wanted to say. I, I. I'm excited. I'm happy. Congratulations. Thank and you so much. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. And I think you're, you're ready. Thank you. you are ready. I, I was just going to say, if I, if you don't have, if Ken doesn't have me back on the podcast, just that, that'll be your indication that I didn't survive. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I feel, I, I don't feel one way or another about it because, because you, um, because you have to earn the badge. I've always said that. And uh, everything that happens to you in the academy, you got coming to you. So uh, earn <laughs> that badge. Earn it. Uh, yeah. And by the time, you know That's what? I, and it just, yeah, I mean, realistically, uh, Jen and I know what this feels like when they give you that badge at the end of the academy. Oh, and you and you know they didn't give it to you. Yeah. Yeah. You, and you, You're and like, I, I still, earned this. I don't know about you, Jen. Mm-hmm. But whenever, if it's early morning and it's kind of, um, I don't know, it's kind of overcasty and it's not quite light, but it's not quite dark and you, and you smell fresh cut grass. Oh God. <laughs> I love that smell. I still, you won't love it in six months. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I hope that there's grass around. It's probably You're going to have curtain hot. your whole life. <laughs> I still, I still, that takes me back to the early, you know, when, when not very often, I can't, I can't say, what am I talking about? I don't remember, but I, <laughs> I'll just say that I remember a lot of times going out first thing in the morning in the PT was first thing in the morning and the grass is wet and, and, um, you, they just cut the grass the day before, whatever. And the, 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 the dew hitting the grass activates the, 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 the fresh cut smell and, Listen um, to this science. And uh, <laughs> and then we were and all I remember is going the in, wrong podcast. Here. <laughs> they put us on the P, They put us on the PT field. He's all the chlorophyll hits. <laughs> I don't know what it was I'm because like, they Jen, didn't cut it. You? They didn't cut it that morning, so it must have been the dew that that did that. But right. uh, first thing, doing PT first thing in the morning, and then when we would get done, our we we used to wear gray sweats back then, and we would get done, the sweats were all green. They're all green from from doing PT on the on the field. Anyways, the show is much more green from my sweat. <laughs> from my sweat. <laughs> it's, uh, so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about a little bit about the academy. Uh, Jen, you know what? I met Jen uh, back. Uh, I want to say not quite uh, two years ago. Maybe maybe close to t- getting two-ish years ago. But anyways, uh, she uh, contacted me because she wanted to know. Um, about backgrounds and all that kind of stuff. And we became friends before uh, she got in the academy and I would get calls late at night. <laughs> like midnight. That, it was, I didn't know that you were in Washington. The time okay. zone, yeah, you didn't like realize. 323 area code. <laughs> but I knew it was you. And so um, kind of a, 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 a call to, to um, you know, something had occurred in the in the hiring process and she was concerned and and we talked about it and I calmed her down, kind of uh, got you off the ledge. But uh, these are some these are you went through some times to get hired. Oh, yeah. And so uh, when she got hired, I was very excited. And we're and another thing we're going to get into with with uh, Jen is that I've seen videos of her 
before she got in the academy, these videos of her on on her uh, Instagram where she does workout videos, and I'm dying. I'm dying <laughs> because her workouts are so intense, and I'm so glad I don't uh, I don't have to do that anymore uh, to that degree. So Jen, welcome, and tell us a little bit about about who you are, how you you had this dream to be a police officer, and how it got crushed, and well, how it. it all- it all started in 19... No, I'm just kidding. It, it, it actually did. It, it started when uh, I was 13 years old and I was an explorer for LAPD Newton Station. And I think I, think I, I, think I told you guys this, but I was, it was, I just, so I was raised, born and raised in South Central, like around Watts area. For those that know, it's very, very, very challenging area for, 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 for a young adult to be growing in and you could get, you could get involved with the wrong crowd and it's going to be tough coming out of that. So, uh, my, my, my mother knew that. And so she, she knew that I was already kind of going in the wrong, in the wrong path. And she knew about this program that a friend told her about that could help me, you know, guide me in the right direction. And so I was forced by my mother to be in this, in this program. And I was embarrassed uh, because I was like, what am I doing here in the police station? You know, I don't really know anything about police. You know, if anything, I'm afraid because that's, that's what you were. My mom, every time she would be like, Oh, if you don't behave, I'm going to call the cops and they're going to take you. That that's just how in the, in the Latin community, I'm, I'm, you know, my mother's Mexican. So that's just how we were raised, right. To fear the police, which now we know that now I know that's totally opposite from that. But anyways, long story short, yeah. So uh, after being in there, I was like, you know what? I think I like it. Uh, I was, um, you get to work with a, a, a youth service officer, which he's involved of, of the program. And uh, with that, it was males and females. And I would see the females and I was like, wow, you, you know what? I think I want to do this. I think this is what I want to do. And of course, uh, I was. I had a plan. And the plan did not work out. I was planning to to join like around maybe apply after twenty being twenty one, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh yeah, this part. I mean, I've been here for seven years. I'm basically part of the LAPD family, or et cetera. And and it didn't go that way. Uh, it actually took me a total of on and off about, but it took me ten years, ten wow. years to finally, you know, earn my badge. And that's because you know there was. I applied to multiple agencies um, and, you know, for some reason or another. And I think I think you and I know, Ken, you know, what were the reasons? But I would just get a no and I would get the door shut in my face. But I think after the fourth, fourth or fifth time that I was like, you know, what? let me let me try again. Let me try again after I got married and after I had my kid and my kid was my daughter was like, I think like a year and a half. And I said, you know what, I'm going to give it another shot. And and here we are. But it was a total of 10 That's years. Awesome. So it was a journey of 10 years. So when when I got that badge and when I was going through the academy, which we're going to talk about it in, in a little bit, there was not one day <laughs> that I said, I'm going to give up. Because being in the academy, I already knew how long it took me, um, you right. know, a decade. And you had so, already worked so hard oh, to get yeah. to that point that you couldn't yeah. throw it away. Yeah, I just couldn't throw it away. I just couldn't throw it away. So, um, And everybody so has a story. 
Right. I think it's honestly, I mean, it's funny because I think things work out the way that they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. So who knows, like if you had gotten in the first or the second time, mm-hmm. like if, if it had would have worked out, like if you would have changed your mind or whatever. Right. So I, think, I think, yeah, I mean, in the moment you're, you're kind of like, oh, this sucks because it took so long. But I think that things work out the way that they're meant to mm-hmm. um, Yeah, more often than not. And so it sounds like that's kind of like, you know, that you're older, you're more mature mm-hmm. at the moment that you yeah. made it that, you know, that you finally made it in that it kind of seems like a blessing, like thing. And, and mm-hmm. again, like mothers always know best, mm-hmm. like thinking yeah. about like thanking your mom for putting you into that explorers right. program. Cause it kind of set you on the path for, right. yeah. for where and you're I at. Always, cool. I always thank her. I mean, she, and like, she doesn't take credit. Like she doesn't say, Oh, well, that's you awesome. Are who you are because of me or because I put you in that program. She, she, she never does that, but I, I'm always grateful. I'm always grateful that my mom, you know, didn't have all these resources, but she was able to, you know, use this resource and, you know, yeah. and help me out because I was already hanging out with the wrong crowd. Um, I was already seeing drugs in front of me. Thank God I, w- I wasn't doing it, doing anything yet, but I was seeing it with my own eyes at, at, at the age of 13. And so at the same time now that I'm a, I'm an officer and I'm on the field, um, you know what? I get all these excuses from, from uh, people that I encounter and, and from my community when they're like, oh, well, you don't know what it is to, to live in this and in this tough time. And I was like, yes, like, I do. You're like, oh, yes, really? I do. Yeah. And I was like, really? Let me tell you a little, you know. And so and that's how I we and I talk to them and I get to interact with them because I actually could relate with, you know, that parent that's having a hard time with their child or I could relate with somebody that's. Uh, that's having a tough time just, you know, not, you know, just get walking in the right path. And I get to talk to them and say, Hey, you could do this. And, and like you said, uh, I think life experience now, I mean, I've only been patrolling for four months. Um, so not a lot. I mean, not a lot. I still have, I think, Ken, you were saying that it's going to take probably about five years for me to five feel years. five years for me to feel comfortable in, in everything that I'm doing. But even in this, in the short four months, I could say that in that those 10 years, obviously I went from 20 to now a little bit over 30 and the life experience has, have been able to, I've been able to communicate or interact with the community because of the situations that I've been in personally that I'm able to share and we're able to communicate and, and, and understand each other. So I think it's helped me a lot as a, as a police officer. Yeah. Well, that five-year mark is pretty important because you have to have gone. You won't go through everything that you're going to go through, obviously, every single call and stuff like that. But five years yeah. seems to be that mark that everybody talks about. When people – I started I started 41 years ago. So when someone comes and says, I got 30 years on, I say, boot, come <laughs> in when you got some time on the job. But um, as, far as, as far as your journey goes, uh, we had some conversations prior to getting hired. And this is important for, for – our candidates, our applicants that are listening to this podcast, is that I'll be the first to say, I went through Jennifer's background and her and her where people said no. And I will be the first one to tell you guys that the reasons that she did not make it in those first 10 years were stupid. There were some dumb, dumb <laughs> reasons. And I think you should have been hired. And that's just my professional opinion. Right. But um but it's funny how different agencies, they just, you, you look, because obviously, obviously you're on the job 
right. your background didn't change. Right. You know, no, some of the other changed. So what's the deal? You know, and I think you're going to be a phenomenal police officer just knowing, you know, about you and who you are, where you came from. Just you, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an Instagram fan and <laughs> seeing the stuff you post, you've got a phenomenal, really a phenomenal life and family and all that. And, um, and I, I uh, sometimes I don't get it. And I've been in this business a long time. So, so for, if you're listening to this and you go, I just, uh, you know, I got a DQ. <laughs> and a lot of, like what? I got that three times. It's okay. You got, you got one DQ. You got two more to go. I think yeah. for whatever reason, sometimes those stupid reasons that people may get disqualified, um, can be like a weed out process to decide like I, whether it's intentional on their part or not, but like it was, it was a very, um, for you in, in that specific situation, like for you, a very good, like clear indicator that that's what you were meant to do because you didn't give up and you weren't mm-hmm. like, Oh, you know, I got rejected. I'm not going to do it. It's kind of like it, it makes it clear to you, which is the person who's most important that this is what you want to do because you mm-hmm. continue to pursue it. Although you've been maybe turned down once or twice, you know? Right. right. And I think it's, an, in, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, it's important in this, in the very first start of this conversation for our candidates to know that um, that 10 years is a long time to pursue your dream. But when you know, and I, and I tell people, we've talked about this, Christine, so many times that I don't believe necessarily that, that people just decide they want to be a cop. I think being a cop is a calling. And yeah. when you have it in yeah. your heart of hearts, that you, that's what you were meant to be a cop. 10 years that's that's just like yeah this is what i'm called to do you you keep telling me no but that's not going to do it for me yeah Yeah, it just solidifies for you that that's what you're meant to do because it makes you want it even more yeah for me it was more than my heart i feel i i feel like i felt it in my guts you know like i felt it in my heart in my head in my soul in my guts i mean it was just something that it's like no like I mean, I know, I, I just know, I, I don't know how, I think that's what it was that kept me going, you know, even though I would, you know, get a no and another DQ and all this. And I think because I still always felt it and I felt with my, I, I went with my gut instinct versus, you know what, getting my mind take over and say, oh, well, maybe I'm not meant for this or maybe I'm right. not, you know, so I didn't let my head tell me that even though I was like, damn, well. I think anybody else would have just quit. I, yeah. but yeah. I don't know. I just knew it. And I went with my gut feeling and I think I yeah. was like, no, this is what I'm going to do. If I, if that means that I need to, you know, tighten up whatever loose screws it is. And I guess in this process, it was this. Okay. So now I know what to do in my next, in my next application. Then right. I'll go ahead and tra- and take care of this area. And I mean, like, like Ken said, it was, it was things that are, were really, really small and insignificant but at the end of the day i'm not i'm not like super religious but i am spiritual and i just feel that everybody individually has their own journey and this was my journey was to that you know god knows the perfect timing and and i think that it just i just wasn't ready maybe i just wasn't ready and and, right and and now now, or to end or to end up with the right agency or whatever you know yeah Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's where i was gonna go because i i got hired by a smaller agency and uh and now i see why they said they opened their you know their doors you know wide open because i feel like i'm like wow like i'm such a good fit 
even in the community is 98% Hispanic, which, you know, I'm Hispanic and I love talking in Spanish. And so at work, half of the time, more than half of the time, I get to talk to the community in the language that I love and that I feel comfortable in. So it, it was just such a good fit. And it's a, and it's a small department, which um, is just, we're, we're, you, we're just more really like really tight as a family. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so I, I just talk- feel that it it's just perfect right now. When I talk to candidates and the, and some will tell me, you know, this I got I got DQ'd and this is why. And I look and I go, yeah, well, yeah, everywhere you go, they're going to DQ you because of this. And there are other candidates, and I know a lot of people can relate to this, and you can, Jennifer, as well. <clears throat> is that um, they'll come back to you and they go, well, um, Jennifer, this um, this I this I uh, it's not dotted, mm-hmm. and and so DQ. And then there's so many candidates that they their lives they've done everything they've they got good jobs they've they've got a good family life they've never been arrested they've never had contact with the police they did good in school they they did it well at work and then they get DQ'd mm-hmm. and it's like what the heck is going on here but you just have to hang in there and right. um and pursue it so let's let's get going here with this so you um. So you applied with different agencies. Mm-hmm. They said no. They said no. And that, and you know, when I look back on it in our conversations, that was, um, that w- when you got that no letter, it was disheartening. But at the same time, yeah. it was like moving on, next mm-hmm. next application. Yeah. And you thought, there's a part of you that said mildly interesting. That's not who I am. And you mm-hmm. continued to, pre- where did you get the fire inside of you to, cause a lot, I, I'm telling you, I, and, and Christine and I have mentioned this. We've had conversations about this on a podcast. People get one DQ letter and I know it's devastating, mm-hmm. but it just crushes them so much to where they yeah. question. Right. So how did you keep going? Well, that's what it was. It was also the timing that the first time that I got DQ'd by this, you know, agency, and it's it's a large agency, or how can I say that? Yeah, it's a big agency. Um, that was my, it was my first department that I wanted to apply. And I was young. I think that's maybe what it was that I was young. And because they told me that I was DQ'd, then I was like, oh, you know what? So I actually withdrew my application from another larger agency. And I said, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know what? I'm going to, if they're telling me this, then this other agency is going to tell me the same thing. So I'm going to pull my application. That's that's how bad I started. <laughs> <laughs> that I was just so weak-minded. And uh, I was, uh, I kept doubting myself. And I said, well, Maybe I'm not ready. Maybe, you know, 21, maybe it is too young and I don't have any life experience. Um, so that that's how it was. And and, uh, and I said, well, I guess I'm going to go back to school and, and continue my job. And I was making, you know, okay money. Uh, so I think that's what, you know, also, you know, let me not to have like a rush to, to apply to another agency. Um, but... I don't know. I sometimes I even look back and I'm like, I don't even know how I'm here, but I'm here and I have my badge and <laughs> it is what it is. But like I said, I, I look at my journey. Everybody's going to have a different journey. Um, and I think that the people that really want it at the end of the day will get it. If you really mm-hmm. want it, you're going to get it. 
Like, I'm pretty yeah. sure. I mean, we'll hear your story maybe, maybe uh, later. Right now, you're going to have a lot in your hands, girl. But <laughs> when you graduate <laughs> and everything, then we'll look at your journey and we'll say, well, let's tell us. Now you tell us about your journey and how you started. Because yeah. I don't really know your journey now, but I, I remember that you were in the process. And I don't know if you if you got DQ'd or not, but it, it was. it's also been a while, right? It's also yep. been, yeah. And so mm-hmm. it, it's hard, but look, now it it's is. It's been a hot minute. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are tomorrow. Yeah. Your life's about to change in a few hours. <laughs> yeah, we'll get we'll get uh, Christine's story on a on a podcast uh yeah. after it's all said and done, but um um you didn't give up either. So it, that's mm-hmm. kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Uh there's something, you know, I used to run these uh these forums on policebackground.net back in the in the day in the early 2000s. <clears throat> and um, and then even now on the police applicant Facebook page, and uh, and you'll open up you'll open up your browser and you go and somebody will say I got the call and there's this mm-hmm. thing called the call and uh, yeah. that's when you you after all this trying all of a sudden the phone rings you kind of recognize the number is the area code and a prefix that you know it looks familiar mm-hmm. so you pick it up. <laughs> They're like they're like they weren't calling to offer me an extended warranty on my vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> so after all this time uh, that you all the all the heartache that you went through, Jennifer, tell us about th- when it fi- the call kind of finally came in. Yeah. I think I remember obviously I remember exactly where I was and I was pacing back and forth. That's so cool. And, yeah, and be- <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I'm on the phone and, and it's that time I was like, what am I doing? And I, I'm just like walking around the whole house talking to them. And the person that's telling me all of this, they're t- they're like, so I would like to say that, and I'm just like, uh huh, uh huh. Oh, <laughs> you know, you and so I'm like, you're like what? a sloth talking to you, right? right. And you know what? And actually, that's how it. Maybe it wasn't like that, but that's just how it felt. Like, like how time slows down. Yes. She's like, why are you talking yes. like you're a sloth on Ambien right now? It's spit it out. Oh my gosh, it's funny. And so yeah, and so they said, hey, you know, this is what's going to happen. Uh, you're scheduled to be in the next academy which is this date and then they go on and on and on and on obviously you know and then so i would like to say if you and then there's this question would you like to accept this because it's obviously it's a job offer so you have to verbally accept it and then they'll send you the email and everything but one i i think that's why i'm just saying because I don't really remember. I, all I heard is like, so congratulations, would you like? That's all I remember. But I, to be honest, I don't remember exactly what they were saying after. I don't I don't remember at all. I just remember saying, them saying if I wanted to accept the, the job offer. And I said, yes, immediately. Oh, I get emotional because I clicked. I, I, I hang up the call and I immediately just like, I like dropped to my knees. I just like dropped to my mm. knees and the only thing that I could think of in that moment is just to thank God. Like, that's just like, that's just all I remember doing. Just getting on my knees. Like I couldn't even be on like standing up. I just couldn't. And I just, you know, it was, it, it was a lot of sacrifice, a lot of time. Cause I mean, I know, you know, just driving around to all these, you know, appointments and then you have, 
you're psych and then you have this other interview and another interview and another interview. And so it's just time consuming. And as we were just talking about it, well, especially I've, after 10 years, you're like, yes, Oh my God, so, here we go again. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when it was that interview, the, the, what is it called? Like the oral interview. I was like, Oh my God, come on. Let's get it over with. I'm ready. <laughs> I've been, why do you want to do this? So why do you want to be a police officer? Okay, because of this, 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 this. Come on, let's go. Let's get it moving. Again. <laughs> Again. Oh, my God. I think I've done it like five times. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very... Why do you want to be a police officer? You're like, the same thing I said last time. <laughs> it's very nerve-wracking because you, um, you know, you, you walk out of a test and you don't know if you passed. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't know, some, t- some agencies have something where you can log in. Uh, some send you an email, uh, and that's, that's how you find out. You don't know until you know, and they're not, Mm -hmm. and the people that are running the test and that are, that are dispensing the, the results, Mm -hmm. they're like, they don't really care whether you know or not. I haven't slept in 24 (laughs) hours, over 24 hours. And it's true. It's true. You don't sleep. You can't eat. Your stomach is always just like, you know, turning, turning, waiting. Or you hear like an email coming in and you get your phone and you're like, oh, no, that's not them. Or you hear, yeah, that's how I was the whole time. Oh, it was horrible. And technology being what it is, when I got notified that I passed a test, it came in the, a letter in the mail. In the mail. So I could have passed, you know, two weeks ago and then, it, and then I get this letter and they go, okay, so you passed and here come be here at this next appointment okay and then there was nobody to call there was no email there's no we didn't have answering machines back then for our phones so it was just a matter and i even even when i got hired i got Mm -hmm. a letter in the mail saying show up nobody called me (laughs) so i just just showed up and uh so uh crazy how much it's changed yeah it's a it's a big deal it's a big deal when you get that call so that was pretty cool one thing i want to touch upon is um is that uh, there's a lot of candidates, and you don't hear about it a lot, but there's so many candidates, Jennifer, that they go into the academy and they fail their first PFQ, their physical fitness qualification. And it is important, and I want to stress this, and I want to talk to you, uh, uh, um, a minute about this mm-hmm. is that you were like this fitness monster <laughs> before. I mean, these, these things that you were doing, I, I mean, you really, you really took yourself to task as far as getting in shape and not just, I, I have people say, well, I can, um, I can do the, uh, uh, the mile and a quarter in 11 minutes and 30 seconds. And I'm going, <sighs> <laughs> that's all you can do. That's all they can do. They think it's all cardio. Right. That's all they think yeah. about running. Right. And then they, they think about the reason people are failing the PFQs is because they they do the minimum. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what did you do? You took it serious, serious. I took it serious. I How, took it serious because some of the time, some of the times that I got, I mean, there was these reasons, but it would it would also be because of because of fitness. Uh, as you guys all, you know, as, for females, it's always the upper body strength. That's not, that's not, and I think in some, you have to do pull-ups. I know that for, for, 
for the agencies that I that I applied for, I we never had to do pull ups, but we did have to do pull ups in the academy, but it wasn't like a pass or fail or anything like that. But um, anyways, and I think because I I would uh, fail these these PFQs or the PA what is it physical ability test or PAT mm-hmm. or they call it the PATs. I would I would also uh, fail them even before I was in the process. So my thing or my biggest advice is that I think candidates are like, oh, well, I'm not in the process. So once I'm in the process, then I'll start working out. And that's not how it works. It's like you're, you think, if you're thinking you haven't applied and you're already thinking, oh, you know what? I think, I think I want to be a cop. I think I want to apply. Start working out. (laughs) Like start, especially if you're a female. Don't wait until you're in the process or until I'm just going to wait until no, if you're already even just thinking about it, I would say, especially for females, start working out. Uh, My biggest thing was, you know, my upper body strength. I couldn't get over the wall. That was it. That's another thing that we could go into that. I would. The wall. The The aliens from Toy Story. Bruises on your (laughs) forearm. Uh, I would, I remember also crying, hanging from a wall because I'm like, I can't do it. It's so sad. (laughs) I'm crying because, you know, I just couldn't do it. I was either too heavy or not strong enough. I even had my husband like come, we would, I think there was like a public park and there was a wall, a six foot wall. And, uh, where people would go and practice and and I remember trying and hitting myself in the knee and actually injuring myself uh and I couldn't do it and and it was just like it was another mental thing that you just have to be mentally strong and you have to uh uh every night I remember I would do I would do a hundred push-ups every night and it started with you know you start on your knees yeah so it it was just something that it became like a, a natural thing and I'm like I'm just gonna do you know, the girl push-ups so just, just start building that strength. And right. then after a while then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to try to, you know, do them without, without putting my knees on the ground. And I'm just going to do every night, every night I would just, I would just kind of like, you know, burn them out. And when I was, then I actually took the PAT and it was a breeze. It was a breeze. Yeah. And so even in the Academy, I would say that or actually in pre-academy, my and this is my department, so I don't know about any other departments. We had to do every hour, we would have to do every hour, we would have to do 10, uh, ten, 10 push-ups. So I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but after the ninth hour, like just doing every hour busting, you're like, oh my God, I remember I, I would almost be crying because... Everything, yeah, right here. I was like, Oh my god! But when I was in the academy, it was you know, we were always one of the top, you know, our because I went, I don't know if I should say it, but I went to to like an because I'm a smaller agency, so and we use like another larger agency to go through that academy. So there was um, all these departments from all over LA that used um, the sheriff's academy, and so. Um, we were always, you know, doing very well, or we were very competitive, you know, cause you're like, Oh, this department against this department or this department against the sheriff. <laughs> so it was, it was awesome. Also having that friendly rival rivalry, I would like to say. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but anyways, ba- back into it. If if you're already thinking about, just just get to it. Get to the gym. Uh, Ken, you're saying about all these videos. I would go on YouTube. There's so many resources now. I mean, I know we're talking about how you would get letters in the mail and resources. I mean, now we have resources for everything. We have these. We have podcasts. We have video, uh, YouTube. We have Instagram, Facebook. I mean, if you don't know how to do something and you don't go out there and look for it, that that's on you because it's right. out there. It's mm-hmm. it's out there. So uh, I said use. I say you, you you should use that to your advantage and uh, reach out for help. Not don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. And I, I just want to mm-hmm. say, Christine, Christine. Yes. Jennifer did 100 push-ups per night. One hundred push-ups. Well, I started push-ups. girl push-ups. I started with girl push-ups. There's a lot of guys that can't do girl push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, you know, now that we're talking about it, the uh, the LA County Sheriff's Academy. That's no joke. That is no joke. That's still old school academy. So you've got to pride yourself on that. That that uh, you made it through that academy. That's that's one of those academies where you you know you were put through an academy. Uh, one of the things about working out and why it's so important is that a lot of candidates they they emphasize the the PFQ or physical fitness to pass the the PFT. Mm-hmm. And it's and, not just about passing it. No, and then Mm-mm. and then, but they don't focus on. They need to be in shape. It's not just to pass that little test. It's also the academy is six months long. You need to pass what like three. PFQs, uh, PFQs mm-hmm. while you're in the academy to get out. Yep. You yes. have to continue to pass the PFQs. And then some agencies, mm-hmm. after you get on the job, they they have testing throughout your career that you need to do a minimal amount of tests. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but the yeah. big deal for me is not just that. The big deal for me about why physical fitness is so important is because I remember when I was I was only in junior high, but we would, I would, I was in wrestling and we would mm-hmm. do three minute rounds. And at the end mm-hmm. of a three minute round, I was dying. I was out of breath. Cooked. You know, I'm, all it is is grappling. Right. And so, but the difference between that little junior high experience and being in the field is if you get in a, in a grappling, in a grappling uh, match with a suspect, you're slowly going to lose your breath Yes. You're you're going to um, your your muscles are going to weaken, and it's the one who who wins the fight, who prevails, is the one who has the most knowledge, the most training, and is in the better shape. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about Jennifer is is a really good example of of you know taking it so seriously. She's not she doesn't just take it seriously to get through the academy. She takes it seriously because she wants to live. If that day comes where she's on the ground fighting and someone's trying to grab her gun, she's yeah. training now right. for that. Mm-hmm. And you can't yeah. you can't give it up once you get on the in the street. Once you grab yeah. everybody goes, Oh, I'm out of the academy, I don't gotta do crap. Oh That's yeah. N- yeah. So you continue to work out to the today. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. I mean it's hard. I, I work out so what 
I work three days and I'm off four days. So, but I work 12 to 15 hour shifts. Like tonight, like today, actually, I haven't even had sleep. I just got off of work. <laughs> <laughs> I work graveyard. So, um, but I'm still good. I'm still good to go. I'm, I'm excited right now. I'm just talking to you guys. But, but yeah, so during, during those three days, I'm going to say, especially because I'm in training, it's tough to, to, you know, to, to work out and have that routine. But when I'm off those four days, we're, we're training now that, but even before, I mean, once you're in the academy you're, and you're going to get all these training, Christine, where it's like, you have also defense tactics. So you have PT and DT. Right. Um, and so they're going to, they're just going to just kind of like engraving in your brain of gun retention gun retention is so important it's like you're 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 not a robot but you you have to invest in yourself so that's another another thing another point that uh even whether you're just thinking about being in law enforcement like for example uh i think what what i love to do and i use it as like a a a stress you know reliever but it it actually helped me a lot is to do boxing and this is also while i was in in, in, in the process. Um, and when I was in DT, it actually came in handy as well. Yeah. It kind of combines um, the cardio with your, uh-huh. yeah, it combines the car because the cardio that you have in boxing or even in, um, what you were saying in grappling, it's not the same as like when you're running. I mean, there was a lot mm-hmm. of people that in my class that were really, really good runners, super good mm-hmm. runners. And when we, cause you, you actually are not paired with a female, you're going to be paired with a male. And then that male's going to be like, you know, a tall male. Right. Um, and I, and I was, my cardio, I could say it wasn't the worst. Like I was in the la- I was like right in the middle, but even yeah. in DT, uh, you know, you could tell who who's been training in boxing or some kind of defense tactics and who hasn't. And even right. the people that were really good in running were actually not doing great in DT because it's a different kind of cardio. Right. Two minutes seem like a lifetime and you're out of breath to like where you can't breathe. So right. that's another thing that uh, if you're thinking about right now, defense tech, especially in today's climate where we're talking about use of force, um, and that's another thing that we could get into just because you're not in the academy. I mean, there's so many things that you should, you could, you should already start studying case laws, you know, studying, you know, the fourth amendment and, you know, all these little things that you could start doing the use of force, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Terry versus Ohio, Arizona versus Miranda and how it started. And th- these are things that are going to come in handy. Even when you're in the process, you don't have to wait until, you know, you're hired by an, by an agency. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to be right back. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about what a typical day in the Academy is like. And some of the things that you were talking about, some of the classes, defensive tactics and things like Mm -hmm. that. So we will be right back. Policebackground.net is the premier background investigation prep site with veteran investigator Ken Rybal, who spent 16 years conducting over 1,400 LAPD backgrounds. For more information, go to policebackground.net. All right, we're back. This is, uh, this that is really short. cool. That was short. That was short. You know, people don't like uh, Only really super commercials long, were that. <laughs> long <laughs> commercials. I know, really. <laughs> and it's the same. Uh, we have some things coming up. We're going to be getting some sponsors and if you want to sponsor this anybody wants to sponsor us uh we're we're uh we're uh actively uh going to be getting sponsors so we'll we'll be changing that little commercial out for something something a little bit different 
But um, I want to combine a couple of questions about what the typical day in the academy is like, and um, and some of the classes that you had to you had to take. And uh, you know what, the academy. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm not trying to scare anybody, Christine. I don't know but- why my hands are sweaty right now. <laughs> Why are my hands sweating? You guys suck. You're having PTSD right now from the from the academy. You're trying to make me remember things. I'm trying to make you remember. But the uh, what I was saying was that we're not trying to scare anybody. We're not. We're not. But (laughs) you need to pass. You need to pass every module, Mm -hmm. whether it's shooting, tactics, driving, uh, academics. Every one of those needs to be passed, and it's not impossible. I mean, I did it. <laughs> so, um, but the but the thing is, though, you need to be on your game during the academy, and it's, it's uh, most of the academies are stress academies. So it's not like, okay, everybody, chill. We just want you to learn. You know, it's not like <laughs> no. that. It and um, so start. Let's start your day at uh, when you used to get up at two in the morning or whatever. I don't know, but you know, two like thirty. Okay, 2:30. I'm I'm sure you got up and it was still dark. Yes. So tell us about a typical day in the classes you had and the stress. I want to talk a little bit about the stress, too, because you're start- your palms are sweating. <laughs> My palms are sweating right now. My hands are sweaty. Um, What's up I'm- with that? So a typical day. So I'm going to start kind of like a, a, a typical day, kind of like mid-academy training, because in the beginning, it's, it's just stress. The, the beginning is not going to be how it was all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, the beginning is going to be mostly stress, just people yelling in your face and ah, for any little thing, any little thing, making fun of you. And I mean, I could go on and on and on. I could say though, because I was an explorer and I've been getting yelled at since I was like 13, 14 years old, (laughs) I'm going to tell you the first day. It, it, I I don't know if if it's if it's gonna be the same for you, but it's it's called Black Monday, Ooh. where it's just I mean they're just gonna yell at you for eight nine however long hours and for everything, but you just can't take it personal. You can't take it personal. You because it's all business. It's all business. But there were people that quit that same day. That's yeah. not. They're like you know what this is not for me and there will be people that will quit right and they just won't come the same the next day so anyways um so a typical day for me and this was like in the in the middle of of training or in the middle of academy i would wake up uh to i would have everything ready so and this was monday through friday um i would say uh i would always have everything prepared so always have everything prepared you know, whether it was, there was actually times where I had to get my meals done. I just, oh, cause by the way, I went through an academy with a, with a two-year-old. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> woo, thank you to my husband. And there was actually somebody in the academy that was a single mom and still, you Ooh. know, which I even gave, gave it to her because I was like, wow. So I'm having a hard time and I have somebody that could help me now. She's like, just getting enough help from I think like her mom and everything and I was like wow anyway but anyways that's another story um we would we would mostly always have DT uh, I'm sorry PT in the morning so we would get there in our business attire and and then go straight into our lockers then after we were in our lockers we had like sometimes we had two minutes three minutes 
Sometimes they were nice and we had five minutes <laughs> to change into our PT gear, be outside, stretch and exercise. And then that's when we would go ahead and, and either do like our three mile runs or two mile runs and more yelling and everything. Yeah. And then after that, it was class. No, after now that, when, it was lunch. When you was class. When you say you were you were in business attire, was that at the beginning? Did you get uniforms after a couple of weeks or so? So, yes, but because because of, I guess, security reasons, they didn't want people showing up in, in a uniform. So we would just show up in business attire, which for us, it was just like the black black slacks and a, and a dressing a dressy shirt. Uh, we didn't have to wear ties or um, like a complete business attire. We didn't have to wear a jacket or anything or a coat uh, or a blazer. I don't know what to, what else to call it. Um so then we would go in, we would arrive in a business attire and leave because we, we would not be able to, to, to change into our uniform. So, mm. and we, and we weren't wearing patches by the way, either. We had to earn our patches after like week, I would say like week 17 is was, it was when we actually were put our patches on our, on our uniform. And we were, I think, I, mean, I honestly even, think that's kind of cool because it incentivizes yeah. things and like gives you something to look forward to yeah. a little bit. Oh, like yeah. uh like a uh, <laughs> milestone, right, right, and then it was, cl- and then it was class, and then after that, it was uh, we were going home. But but I think what what uh, the academy consists of is mostly defense, ta- obviously f- the physical fitness, defense mm-hmm. tactics, which is where you learn your use of force, uh, firearms training, and then one of my favorite, which was evoc. We forget about mm. EVOC. So like the, mm-hmm. so it's where you get to learn how to, you know, drive coat three, you know? So that was pretty fun as well, which is a, for us, it was a, like a total of two weeks. Um, and then it's academics. So as what we were talking about, you know, knowing e, um, even in first state, that's another one, but th- that's all things that you kind of like learn, you know, while you're in there, you have to pay attention. You have the, the L the learning domain books, that actually so we could talk about it why because it's it's cal- it's uh online you mm-hmm, can actually right. pull all these learning domains wait i know that you're not in california right christine no okay but I, i'm thank sure god that- <laughs> i know <laughs> good for you girl um <laughs> uh, but yeah but i mean all of this you could you could so even if you're not in the process or you're in the process you could actually go online take a look and, at and, and take a look at the learning domains and already start you know studying them and using them um what worked for me is that there's platoons within within your you know your class so you're I was in first platoon and it was a total it was I think 11 of us and we actually were the only platoon the only platoon in in our class that we started with 11 and we graduated with 11 that's awesome. everybody else lost like either one or two people in their platoon we're the only platoon that actually made it throughout the throughout the whole entire academy and i think the reason why is that what's that how's how does that saying go the weakest the weakest is only strong you're only as strong as your weakest link Mm -hmm. exactly and so we would help each other out we would have uh study groups like every sunday or and and we would actually in my house because there's at the dirt tur- tur- towards the end you have like this 
that it's called like a scenario phase where you're just practicing scenarios. So you're like, you're almost about to graduate. So you're going to have to, uh, kind of like practice what it is to show up to a, to a 245 or like to a, you know, domestic violence call or to all these calls and and then you get to be the uh, handling officer and okay so what are you going to do and they'll grade you in that so that's another Mm -hmm. stressful time at the end of the academy because uh you're being graded on how you're handling these calls because in a few weeks you're going to be handling your own calls so um it, it was fun but it was a lot of uh studying that we had to do um you know going back to something you had said earlier about you know the first day that uh, that recruits would they'd quit on the first day. And today, mm-hmm. uh, in my day, I could I could say, okay, that's that's conceivable. Today, I wouldn't say that because there's YouTube, there's the internet, there's all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff that that even police departments from different states, they have YouTube videos of mm-hmm. the first day. Of, the first of them day. Yeah. yelling at you, they're they're screaming at you. You're doing you're in the push up position. There's no reason why somebody should go in the academy and go, oh, I didn't know it was like this. Right. Mm-hmm. There's no right. reason whatsoever. Right. You and 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 if you listen to this podcast, you know we we tell you you're going to get yelled at. It's going to suck. Get yelled I mean, at. We're telling you right now. <laughs> yeah. And so there's no. What is that saying? I think it's called embrace the suck. That, that was like embrace, embrace the, the suck. Embrace the suck. Oh, that's my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> so you um, uh, now there are certain things that you just don't go in the first week in the academy and you do you do evoc. You don't go driving in a no. police car code three. So there's certain things where they build you up, but the mm-hmm. um, the beginning of the academy, the first few weeks can tend to be a little bit. Um, it's a little bit unnerving because you don't know what's going on mm-hmm. and you've, and you've never done it before and you don't know don't what's really going to happen. You don't really know 100% what to expect. Yeah. 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 You don't know what's going to oh, go yeah. on in PT and you think, okay, I do PT and we did PT today and it was cool. And then you go the next day and they totally switch it up and you're going, oh my gosh, man. And so um, there's certain classes or modules that you have to work up to where it's kind of exciting where, you know, they finally issue you a gun and, mm-hmm. and did you guys, when it comes to physical, um, to defense tactics or uh, training, did you guys do the red man and 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 grappling and all that? How did that yes. work for you? Yes, we did. So we did, uh, and that was a little bit towards the end. So defense tactics is something that we had, uh, I think, like the third week. So it started immediately. That's just mm-hmm. something that didn't wait, didn't have to wait, kind of like evoc or even firearms training. Uh, I think firearms training was like around week 13, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And then it started all the way till um, like... It was like a total of five weeks. Um, but defense training was something that started right away. But the red man suit didn't come until until later on. But in the beginning, mm-hmm. it was mostly uh, grappling, gun retention. And then we went into handcuffing, uh, you know, proper ways to handcuff. Um, doing if you're doing like let's say if you're doing a high pursuit it's different when you know you call the suspect from from the vehicle and how if you're going to prone them out uh what you have to say and the verbal commands to give i mean it it very very important things that you know i mean i use it every day every day i'm 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 using whatever i learned in the academy um now my department does some things that are a little bit different but at least you just know the base. Because in the academy, you you just learn the basics. I mean, you just learn mm-hmm. 
the basics. They're not, you know, then once you're out there in the field, you're like, okay, well, this is what I learned. This is what works for me. So uh, I'm going to do it this way, which is still the right way. But, uh, you know, I think that's one thing that they, that they tell us is that police work, it could be done in many different ways. Like, it's not like a... There's no one right way to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's whatever. Everybody's different because you're dealing with different people. You know, maybe with this person, it works this way. Maybe with this other, you know, person, it's going to work the other way. So, mm-hmm. um, but as long as... I think what's most important is, is as long as you know, you know, what you could legally do and... You know, as long as you know, I think that's the main important thing is like, do you know your laws? Do you know what you could do and what you cannot do? Um, But that's something that you're going to, I think you just learn afterwards. Maybe it comes naturally. Exactly. I think right now, like, for example, for the people getting ready to go into the academy, uh, I I would say just study, study the basics, work, work out, you know, every day, start eating healthy, um, start you know learning for whatever agency you're you're gonna be if you already know what agency that's gonna hire you start says okay what kind of codes do they use what kind of you know even as as much as learning the uh the alphabet the phonetical alphabet you know like adam boy charles david i mean all those little things are so important and they're all a piece of the puzzle that's going to make you into the police officer that you one day want to be right Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important. How how important is um, is uh, academics uh, for the academy? There's a lot of studying, and there's a lot of studying. Also, and as far as I can remember, uh, speaking to candidates within the last few years, uh, it still goes that f- you need to prepare before you get in the academy because for six months or so, you don't. There is no break. There's not like, oh, Friday's here. Oh, Friday, TGIF. It's not like that for the academy. No, no. You have to study over the weekend. You have to study over the weekend. You definitely do. You have to prepare. Um, I think what, for me, it wasn't like, oh, TGIF, I'm going to go party. I think for me, because I had my daughter, uh, a lot of people, and I think I did want to talk about this because it's so important that at the end of the day, you want to have a balance because if you're also like, well, yeah, I know it's TGIF, but you know what? I need to rest and you know, it's a Friday and you're like, oh no, but I need to study and you kind of get overwhelmed. That's also for some people could push them to failure because they're just overworking, 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 and they don't know that it's okay to at least get a little bit of rest. And I think one of my friends told me this, that also went through the Sheriff's Academy, that a lot of people get just so overwhelmed. Like, let's say if it was, like, if I was to just kind of like, give it like 100%, and I hope people don't hear this and take it the wrong way where they're not going to give it their 100%. But Mm -hmm. you just have to find the balance. You need to find your balance. And I can't tell you what that balance is because you're going to, for me, it was, I didn't want to get injured. And in defense tactics, they're like, no, give it your 110%. And and it's like, no, uh, I, I could get injured. And a lot of people actually will fill the academy because they got injured. They mm-hmm. popped a shoulder and or a knee and they couldn't, you know, go any further. So if you yeah. kind of like find your balance and you kind of like you're still trying very hard and they know you're trying very hard, but bring it down a notch. So with that being said, there was there was times where I needed to study. I did need to study, but I was also just like, how was I going to study if my brain was not rested and if whatever I was seeing or whatever I was reading I was like either 
nodding my head or I was like, okay, no, you know what? Let me take a little nap. You know, 15, 20, 25 minute nap could go a long way. Right. And that's what I'm saying that some people is like, no, I must study. I must read. And it's like, well, then you're overworking yourself or you're overworking your brain. Mm -hmm. You're not learning anything. (laughs) Like you're not retaining anything. So what's the point of, you know, being an overachiever if you're not really retaining anything. So I hope, like I said, I hope people don't get that in the wrong way. I, I just, you just need to find a balance. So there was times where I did I think, need to step I back. think part of giving your 100% means mm-hmm. building in time for you to be able to do that. Exactly. So like, like you said, resting and stuff like that, where you're able mm-hmm. to kind of give that 100% because otherwise if you're operating on like mm-hmm. steam, then it's you're not, not going to be able to do that. Not gonna, yeah. 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 So I think it's important to know your, your, um, your style of studying, your learning, uh, style, because for me, Christine wouldn't, Christine and I are different. Christine's like mm-hmm. uber smart, like Einstein esque <laughs> smart. Whatever. And I'm a, I'm a, I, I'm horrible at studying. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. I have to do, I have to put in three times the work of someone who just goes, yeah, I looked at that thing one time and like, I got it. And that, not mm-hmm. for me. I have to, I have to look at stuff over and over and memorize I it. I think I'm the same way for sure. I'm that That's terrible. <laughs> but so, so you need to know your studying style. Uh, there's visual learners, uh, you know, and and the, and you need to know what your style is to prepare yourself when you go through the academy. Don't think that you're just going to read this and it's going to be cool because you have to pass the tests. Right. And I don't know how they do it. I can't remember if you if you study something and then you take a test the next week, and then you know there's always there's all and I'm again I'm not trying to scare people, but just know to prepare yourself for the academy is in that. In that you need to know how you study because you you need to pass the test because there's that famous double tap. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. you have to if you fail a test, you have to take it again and then pass it. So just dedicate yourself to knowing that that six months is going to be not your life. And then yes. there are uh, over the weekends you're going to have study study groups. You're going to get yes. together with your classmates, and you're going to mm-hmm. study over the weekend. You're going to do tactics and handcuffing, and all these things that you need to practice. And so that happens on the weekends. Mm-hmm. So, um, so just prepare yourself. Yeah, and you know what? One thing. I mean, I know that you you're going to feel like they hate you, like the instructors hate you. Which they do. They hate you. Maybe they do. And then it's true. you know, it's true. They hate. I you. think part <laughs> of that though is making sure that you're going to be competent. Like exactly. they have to be hard on you in order to, it's like but tough what love. I was, what, where I was going at is that the, they'll give you the tools to succeed. Right. So it's not like they're like, oh my God, you have to study and you don't know, but it's not like you go in there blind and you're like, you don't know what they're going to test you on. So right. I always say that you, you get what you, what, you know, whatever work you put into. So they'll give you like a study guide. Those times where it's like, okay, the, the test is going to be on this, 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 and this. Right. So, it's not mind games. <laughs> exactly. At least, thank God, at least that, that wasn't mind game. Everything well, it's on like, this. <laughs> like when you think about like in college, I don't know if you guys have seen the meme, but it cracks me up. It's like that fish kicking the doors open in SpongeBob, like into the Krusty Krab, whatever. It's a fish like <laughs> it's a fish like kicking the doors open. And it's like my teacher telling me this subject is not going to be covered on the test. And then it's like this showing up on the test and it's the fish yeah. like 
walking in. <laughs> right. And I'm like, that is always like in college, it's a little mm-hmm. bit of a mind game where some you right. are, you learn to appreciate those teachers that tell you like, hey, this is going to be on the test. Study this. Yeah. Yeah. Like because there'll, there'll be a study. Guide. Sometimes you have no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so. the uh, the the instructors at the academy, whether it's whether it's academics, it's tactics, it's shooting, um, it's driving, they're not there to torture you and and make you fail. They want you to succeed, but on the same by the same token, they're there to uh, to make sure that you you survive, that you right. don't uh, die in the line of duty. They give you the tools that you need um, to be able to be competent in the profession. So instead of taking it personally and being like, oh, gosh, they hate me or they're picking on me. It's kind of like, no, trying to keep that mentality of like, no, they're they're doing what they need to do to make sure that I'm prepared. Yeah, they don't want you to die. And so they weed out people because it's like, uh, you know what? How how do I how do I phrase it? I'm not really good at being politically correct, but they want to stress. people. We know. (laughs) <laughs> they stress people because they want them to say, oh, I can't do this mm-hmm. because you're saving someone's life. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So they, they, they do want certain people to fail. If they think that you are not meant for this, they'll test you and they'll push you to your limit. And that's because they're like, oh, well, we really want to see if this person's not going to you know, make it or not. Like we're just Mm -hmm. trying to test you. Right. And Um, I think it's, it's part of not even just proving it to them, but proving it to yourself also. Proving it to yourself. Oh, they're going to push your body and every, I mean, body, mind and soul to the, to to the limit. They're just going to push it. And, but you'll feel proud every, every obstacle. And I could say that the, it's not all the instructors because when you're like in, like there, there's not going to be people um, like on, in EVOC, you know, teaching you how to drive, screaming at you. And you're like, oh, you know, actually those instructors actually are, are, they're like, Hey, so no, first thing I want you guys to do is relax and they'll let you know. They're like, <laughs> don't, don't, I don't need that. Sir. Yes, sir. Sir. No, sir. That stops here because they know that they want you to be in a relaxed environment. Same things with firearms training. Well, yeah, because they're sitting in the passenger seat. (laughs) I would say like the the, the, my favorite time was like EVOC and firearms training because the instructors are obviously, you know, they're they're not yelling at you. They're actually there to help. They'll help you a lot. And uh, and it's fun. I mean, just guns and, you know, driving fast. Who doesn't want to do that? So, yeah, I, I mean, well, I, it's different, too, because I've heard of some academies where they are screaming at you like you're not reloading your, your uh, magazine quick enough. Yeah, actually, no, not not in not in our class. And I think it's good. I And I like the way that they worked. Like we were That's able cool. to relax and we do have there's now there's tests and it's timed. And since we're talking about, you know, getting ready for, you know, academy, that's another thing that you can do. <laughs> I mean, there's so many, you know, gun ranges out there that you could go and 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 start seeing where you're at because there there were a lot of people that also double tapped in firearms. So yeah. I mean, they could get you anywhere. If it's not in academics, then probably evoc. If it's not evoc, then it's firearms training. So there's so many different areas where you could double tap, and that's gonna be that's gonna be heartbreaking as well. And so, and that was another thing in my, you know, cause I was like, damn, it took me 10 years to get here. And then I'm, now I'm <laughs> in the Academy and now I'm going to fail. So I, I could say though, that I, I felt like I had a good balance to where, 
I, I never, I never double tapped in, in a test. Um, I don't know if I was close, but <laughs> who cares? <laughs> yeah. But who cares? But I never, yeah. I never double tap, but I, I never, there were some other people that were double tapping and it was stressful because they, they already knew that then that they had another opportunity and that was their last and final chance. And know? that's I, their stress associated with that. too. Exactly. I failed the test in the first week of the Academy. <gasps> What was it? It was on, you're going to die. It was on adverbs. Oh, Ken. Adverbs. Adverbs. And in L Y. The end in L Y. We had English. We had English tests in the yeah, academy. Well, thank God, because I'm ESL, so English is my second <laughs> language. You know, another thing about about Evoc. I remember Evoc because we were we were driving in this in in San Pedro. We were on this course, and we were in the car, and the the the. You, the instructors go, okay, this, and you want to do the apex, and you want to take the curve, and all this kind of stuff. And then I'm going, okay, cool. And he goes, you're doing good, you're doing good. Okay, this is cool. And I was chasing the car, right? And then, and then he goes, okay, now, now we're gonna get, it's gonna get serious. And they turned the siren on it, and I lost my crap. I just <laughs> spun out the siren. It's just going, oh my gosh! <laughs> and <What>? I just, <laughs> I got so excited because the <laughs> siren, man. But. Uh, yeah, no, there's like, a there, Ken, Ken actually remembered the story incorrectly. The siren was never on. It was just him screaming. <laughs> <laughs> it was me screaming. I was the siren. <laughs> so like, but, <laughs> uh, they're like, okay, they're like, Ken, what the hell is going on? <laughs> hold well, this is a this is a really good um this this conversation is really good because it tells people what it's like to be in the academy. And you have uh, you know, Jennifer, in talking with you, you're you're not you're not dying here. You're not like, oh my gosh, it was the worst thing ever. I think I'm sure you learn to enjoy it. Yeah. At the you end of the academy. Enjoy it because you're not you're not like, how can I say it? You're like not suffering by yourself. Well, it's challenging and misery loves company. Yeah. yeah. But then you being able to overcome it too. Like yeah, that there's something you, satisfying you about together. that. Together, exactly. You come together as a class. Uh at unity for us it was i think it was a total of I, I can't remember but i think it was like 30 uh deputy sheriffs or deputy sheriffs trainees and then the rest were all from all different agencies from all over la mm -hmm. so I, and i think it was the biggest class that had the most participating agencies and i'm gonna tell you it got tough it got tough to to get along it took us a while to to unite and I think mm -hmm. it was because it was deputy sheriffs versus all the other, the PAs, they call it the PAs, participating agencies. Oh, so that's PAs, silly. PAs versus, you know, LASD. Because at that point, none of you guys are that, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, at so that point, like, you're just oh, recruits. Like so much better than, you know, <laughs> the, the sheriffs. And at the end, it wasn't even like that, you know? It, you know, at the end, it wasn't like that. But of course, like, you're coming in as as like oh we're but we were guests we were guests so obviously we were you know they the sheriffs thought that you know oh, this is my house and territorial and so silly. my academy and so it did take you a while and and that's another thing i mean this we probably would have another another podcast but females gosh 
man, I mean, there's just some drama. And if I could <laughs> tell you, if you could just stay away from it, I would recommend you just staying away from the drama. I, I honestly feel like it's I liken that to you know like when you're walking through like a like a mall like an indoor mall and there's those people at the kiosks that are like trying to sell you crap that you don't need mm-hmm. that like and they know they know that I'm a sucker for it like I'm too nice and so I just have to like don't make eye contact don't make eye contact <laughs> just pretend they're not there and just keep walking and I feel like that's the mentality you have to have like you're yes. like nope don't have time for it like yeah. start somebody starts telling you like oh man that sucks I'm sorry and just like walk away yeah, mm-hmm. you could you could start in a, in a law enforcement world. They're going to be working in a in a police station where you're going to be working with a lot of people, and you need to. One of the uh, leadership skills is knowing how to that you don't have to like everybody that you work with, but you need to know how to work with that person. So just right. because you don't like that person doesn't mean that you're like, oh, I'm not going to talk to her because that's not how it is in law enforcement. Right. In law enforcement, there's a lot of people that probably don't like each other but if something goes wrong that person will probably you know you know expose their life for you you know so i think that's just how it is and in, in uh how it was for me in the academy there's there was a lot of people that i did not get along with but i think that's really cool like there's something to be said for that mm-hmm. but at the end i knew it's like you know what i'm still gonna help you even though i don't freaking like you but here here right. the freaking here's a study guide here mm-hmm. use it and you- i think you yeah, bring up a very good point, though, because um, because in in police work, um, you you work with certain people, and I would work on. I would, <laughs> unbelievable that I worked with people that I didn't like, and there were some people that didn't like me, mm-hmm. and so we would just go to the watchman and go, "Yeah, we don't get along," and we would be you know assigned with other people. Mm-hmm. But one thing that's important to note is that in patrol you can you can switch partners if you don't get along with someone you can partner up with someone if you work two man cars but mm-hmm. on probation you can't do that no nope. mm-hmm. your trained officers are assigned to you and you just have to sometimes grit your teeth and you go yep. yes sir yes ma'am okay mm-hmm. as as you say and that's you got to do that for a year mm-hmm. and so you just right now i want to tell people when you get out of the academy you, there are some training officers that you are going to say, this guy is an idiot. <laughs> and I, I'm not looking for feedback on this, Jennifer, because no, I don't know no, what, you, what your situation. But but there I are going to be. <laughs> there are going to be TOs. She's, she's all I don't I don't speak English. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you get when you get out of the academy, just know that that training uh, your your field training time is is going to be stressful. Um, just police work in itself can be stressful. But you're in a learning phase, and you can't always pick people that you work with. And the training officers, and it's, it's maddening too. When you get on when you get on probation, and you finally hit the field. You'll be you'll be going. I'm I'm getting the hang of this. This is really cool. I know how to do this. And you work with one guy or or one one officer for one day, and they go, Nah, that's not right. Let's you need to do it this way. And you go. You know, it's 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 maddening sometimes, but just be prepared for when you get in the field. Um, there's a lot more to talk about, but I, I I think that we're we're in a good place where we can we can kind of um, can kind of uh, end the end the interview. Uh, but with with that being said, what I want to ask you, Jennifer, is that you know I've I've been on this roll where I the 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 guests that we've had. 
I've had to ask them this question. It just always plays into the into the podcast. Mm-hmm. You were in a time. You got hired in a time <laughs> when the world was just going to crap. Police officers caused everything. They were responsible for everything bad in the world, and yet you you persevered. That didn't when in talking to you when you were applying in 2020, mm-hmm. that didn't seem to even phase you. What no. kept you going when everybody was hating on the cops? What kept you going? What kept me going is me thinking <clears throat> my still remembering my why. Why did I want to do this? And it was because of what it, what police or what law enforcement did in my life and how it turned me around and how I always say that, you know, the law enforcement or the Explorer program saved my life. I always like to say that because I was just going in such a bad direction that um, I really don't know where, where I would be if it wasn't for that, for, for that program. And so I think that's where I kept my focus on is in that. I don't care what's going on right now in, in this time. I know why I'm doing it because when I graduate and when, and when I become a law enforcement officer, I'm going to be giving back to the community, how this program gave, you know, you know what, because of what this program gave to me. And so that's the only thing that I kept thinking. I I wasn't thinking about anything. And that's actually, it's, it's a good point that you bring up because even today being an officer, the, the, the time is still really bad. It hasn't Mm. changed. (laughs) Right. And I'm, and now I'm actually doing the work. So back then I was a candidate and then I was in training and it was still really bad. Now it's still bad and I'm still an officer. And the, what I'm doing, there's a lot of uh, senior officers that actually are kind of like, they're like, well, you know what? I'm already almost retiring, so I'm tapping out. And they have all these negative, like, you know, thoughts and sayings. And, mm-hmm. and I think right now as a new officer, I'm not trying to kind of like pick that up. I'm not trying. To, I'm, I'm, I'm a new officer and I still have faith and hope that it's just, it's just a bad time that we just have to, you know, stick together and we're going to go through it. And I'm not, you know, cause there's a lot of officers that have, you know, negative things to say and, oh, because police work and this, I'm, I'm not trying to get involved into that. I'm a new officer and we're that kind of like that new fresh blood that, that of the, how is it to say the, the future of law enforcement. Uh, and so I'm just trying to keep a positive attitude towards it and, and just keep remembering of why I'm doing this, you know, because at the end of the day, I feel that, that the community needs, you know, to, you also need to strive to be that officer that's going to build a bridge between police work and the community. So however, whatever that means to you, I would say to start seeing how you're going to do that. And in, in closing, What's your message to applicants uh, to not give up uh, in 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 2021 when everybody's against them? What would you what would you share with them as far as uh, what it takes to keep going uh, to to get the dream done? So to to continue, so I think that you would you should really re- evaluate the reason of why I want why do I want to do this. And I think if that reason is like, oh, because I want to give back. And I know it sounds very cliche. I know it sounds like, oh, because I want to help and give back to the community. And it's like, well, that sounds very like, 
okay, well, what do you mean? Tell me more. But it's like, well, that's it. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to help people. I want to guide people to a, to a, a better life. And, and that's something that I do, you know, every day. I encounter so many people and my my goal is to every time that I encounter somebody, I want to plant a seed, whether it's like, how's your day today? Smile. I mean, I say I think my favorite is like saying hi to the children, like when they're just like, oh, my God. And they you could see their eyes just kind of like, oh, you know, they're, they're wearing a uniform and they see the lights and I turn my lights on to them. And you don't know that you're already planting a seed just by doing that. Just those little gestures that you do, <laughs> turning on the lights, saying hi, saying hi to everybody, being nice. You don't know how many lives you're saving. And because mm. and the reason why I'm saying that is because. There's probably somebody that has a negative aspect or a negative thought about a police officer. But here you are showing them, you know, with your with a bright smile. Telling them, hi, how are you doing? How are you doing? And then you're like, they're like, that's weird. Like, okay, well, I thought there were, you know, I thought it was somebody or something else. And and that and and that's one thing that I learned is like you saying hi to to somebody, it's like you don't you don't even know if you you're you're just changing people's minds. And that's something that I like to work on daily when I'm patrolling, when I'm, you know, I, I love to, you know, interact with the community. Um, and I think that's in the, I know we're talking about firearms and EVOC and training and yes, all of that, but also start thinking about that at the end of the day is about the community that you're serving because it's all customer service, right? At the end of the day. And, and when you just keep thinking about the people that you're going to be protecting, that you actually are going to do an oath that you are willing to give your life for that community. And once you start thinking about that oath, read the oath. I think that's probably one, another thing that you, that you should do while you're in the process. Like this is what, this is what you're promising. You're going to go and they're going to make you raise. I think it's your right hand, your right hand. <laughs> and that means a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm a man. I, I say I'm a man of my word, but and that will bring all these like thoughts of that, that, uh, that's going to keep you going. That's, what's going to keep you going. Yeah. yeah. Well, at the, at the end of this, we're, we're a, uh, an hour and 22 in. And at the end of this, here's what I've gathered from, from this conversation is, uh, one, um, remember the why mm -hmm. and two, embrace the suck. Mm -hmm. That sums suck. it up. I think. Perfect. <laughs> so uh i'm very i'm very proud of both of you you guys are just awesome uh and what we're gonna do is i'm gonna go ahead and we're gonna make a date uh we're gonna have you guys back in 30 years in 2051 uh we'll, we'll do we'll do another episode with you guys i, I already calendared it <laughs> put in your calendar so <laughs> jennifer what it what an amazing interview. This is so great. And there's so much more to your story. I mean, you didn't, uh, you didn't have there's it so easy. Much more, and I feel like I'm just so excited and I was just all over the place, but I always like to offer, um, you know, I mean, Ken, if somebody reaches out and say, Hey, can, can, can I get her number? Or I have mm -hmm. a question. I mean, feel free to, to share that information. I, I always love helping other people that, that uh, are having, you know, some type of challenge and they don't know how to, you know, move forward. I, I love help. I think that's another one of my passion, biggest passions that I want to help people, you know, overcome their, you know, their fears or accomplish their dream goals of becoming a law enforcement officer. Cause I know how much that meant to me. And because of people like you can, 
uh, you know, I also want to take this time to thank you because mm. you were there in one of like the darkest times of when I would can't get- stop can't stop crying. <laughs> and, it's, and I think that's why I keep doing this because in the future I see myself like another Ken, you know. And so this is just continuing the legacy. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! You well, know, there. So. There you have it, guys. If you have a if you have a question uh, for Jen and you you want to reach out to her, get a hold of me, Ken at policebackground.net. I will forward the information to her, and uh, and uh, if she decides that um, uh, to have a conversation with you, she's an outstanding uh, source of information as far as getting on the job and even especially the working out stuff too, because I think that's important. Working out interviews, <clears throat> chief interviews. You name it. <laughs> Everything. So thank you so much for being a guest on here. You really provided thank this is so this is gonna be this gonna be one of my favorite my favorite yeah. episodes. And uh, oh so God, thank you again. Christine, Christine and Christine. Man, congratulations to you, Christine. Thank you thank so you much for being on the podcast. Uh, I think uh, we uh, really um, affected a lot of people that want to get on the job. And you really brought uh, the applicant part of it to me because I, you know, in 2021, I don't, I don't know exactly what everybody's going through in the, in the application field. And you brought a lot of that stuff. And so I'm proud of you. I'm thankful that you devoted your time to be on the podcast. And here you are in the new journey. And the cool thing about it is not only did we do the podcast, but we did the podcast with the knowledge that this day could come yeah. and you would leave us because of the best reason ever. And so thank yeah. you so much. Thanks for, being for part having of this me. This, this has been a blast and I really enjoyed every interview that we did. Jen, this was, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. It's, it's awesome just to even, I mean, the timing of this, like what the Academy was like right before I'm entering that from a female. That's, that's always cool. A different perspective. Um, but we've had a ton of good interviews on here, Ken. It's been a blast even just interacting with you and the experience. So I appreciate I appreciate everybody that's been on. I appreciate you for for uh, putting this together and kind of keeping being the glue that holds it all together. And I'm happy to have been a part of it. So I hope that you'll have me back on in the future. Absolutely. And uh, before we go, as a reminder, um, there is a way for you to support the podcast. If you can't get the links in the, in the show notes, when you go to play the podcast, there should be some links in there that take you to the different places where you can, uh, you can show your support by donating. If not, again, email me, Ken, at policebackground.net. I'll send the links to you. So thank you again in advance. And thank you, guys. I hope you have the best day. And uh, we're going to be out of here. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Police Applicant Podcast. We are the premier police background prep site in the U.S. and Canada. For more information on scheduling your police background consultation, go to policebackground.net. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes.